Okay, guys, here's my high concept intro pitch. Uh, we just don't have dairy in our world, so everything has to like, not mention milk uh, because it just kind of goes against like whatever's happening in the universe. And, and so if you could just sort of not mention any kind of dairy products. Uh, cows still exist, strangely enough, but they do not lactate. So uh, it's a good we're kind theme. of in this in this like dairy free world. Uh, That's when Wolverine milks a cow. <laughs> Yeah, no, oh. no, you've already blown it, Matt. You, there's no <laughs> fucking milk in this there's world. No milk. God damn it! <laughs> it's called dusting the cows. <laughs> You're just cleaning cows. out their barren inside. <laughs> everybody oh hello if, uh, if you're oh. if you're sniffing if you're sniffing around and you're just getting a a fresh whiff of a just delectable aroma what is that in the air what's that scent that's the smell of a special we're doing a special mm. again we're doing a yeah. saturday morning tuesdays special episode i'm austin uh, i'm rory and i'm andy and we have a a fourth a fourth meal in the yeah, room we got today a fourth meal <laughs> Late night munchies. <laughs> Munchy yeah. Matt. Step outside the bun and tell us uh, tell us your name. I am Matt Grigsby, Austin's roommate. Crunch wrap right. supreme Matt oh, no. Grigsby. Oh no, the, the cat's out of the bag. We're just, are, we're just walking into a Taco Bell themed episode. <laughs> it's also so uh Matt is also so he's a he's a friend, he's my roommate, co-worker. Uh he's also an illustrator. Uh yes. and he's been doing He's been into comics for a long time, and he is a huge expert uh, on yeah, expert uh, expert <laughs> on the show we're about to watch today, which is the 1992 ish uh, ish X Men animated series from Fox. Yeah, uh, yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong, Matt. You actually uh, you actually invented X Men. Is that is that right? I did. Yeah, I talked to uh, Steve X Man, and we worked <laughs> out he a, copied a him. pitch. He was the Stan Lee to his Jack Kirby. <laughs> Yeah, this all happened, like, you know, a long time ago, back in like 1990 at San Diego Comic Con, <laughs> when I pitched the X Men. Uh, yeah, no yeah. one had seen anything like that before. No, so. not at all. Yeah, and and it's like, what if these what if these sweet children from uh, friendly old man Charles Xavier uh, were were horrible combat titans, and <laughs> we just kind of see what happens, and it's very fun. Uh, <laughs> also, all of the X Men. I mean, the X-Men in general came from a complete misunderstanding of the name Xavier. Because yeah. They say Xavier, and I know we've all been through it, and we, we just accept that now. <laughs> yeah. But if you go back into it, nobody says Xavier. It's, it's Xavier. It's, it's based on Javier. It's like heavier. Yeah, it is, it is weird. Uh, but that's just how it's been since I was born and before. And the before, time. the before yeah, time. I think it's 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 poorly uh, it's poorly designed because of how hard they lean into the X theme that you just have to assume that the guy named X, you say the X. Now, or, see, I always assumed that this was a spinoff of uh, the triple X film with uh, Vin Diesel. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. 
I think, I yeah, think one of them is the, the other's son. Yes. <laughs> I think that makes sense. And together mm. they sort of Voltron into a single Vin Diesel. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are they when they're smaller? They're oh, just a single X. <laughs> oh, okay. They're just X's. <laughs> you just have three single X's and then... They're just hormonal <laughs> teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> but then they combine. Uh, and then they combine. So one thing we should probably get out of the way first is that we're probably not going to spend a ton of time explaining to you what the X-Men are. I think that most people who are going to listen to this podcast probably have a familiar understanding of who these people are. You know, a Wolverine, you know, Wolverine, the Clawman. (laughs) He jumps. He's a stinky boy. He's got a lot of body hair. Uh, You've got you got Cyclops, the the beam, the beam guy with the the scary eyes. Welcome to the stage, Beam Guy. <laughs> uh, thanks and then for you've the, got the Strom, academy. you know, the Weather yeah, Witch. Strom, the Cloud the Witch. <laughs> yeah. You've got Beefy Frito's Burrito, <laughs> and you got uh, you got Gambler. He's Southern. Gambler, and you got Rougie. Gambler the Shrimp Eater. Dude, <laughs> I so his girlfriend Rougie. His girlfriend Rougie. Rougie is. Um, basically notorious in the comics and in the show for having about the most painful Southern accent ever, ever, ever given life. <laughs> and we managed to get almost no rogue in these three episodes, and I could not have been more happy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like her as a character, but but yeah, they don't. Yeah, the, well, the in the com- in the comics, for example, like they spell out like phonetically her oh. her accent. And oh it, Jesus! It's every I is a H. Every oh, everything yeah. that can have like a folk like a folksy abbreviation gets gets that apostrophe right. And you thought Gambit was bad? <laughs> oh no! Well, oh no! Gambit I saved is you all in this one. He, I saved you all from the pain of Banshee with his Irish accent that is also phonetic <laughs> in comics. Oh god! Uh, yeah. So I don't know if we've I don't know if we've specifically said this one either, but you know we mentioned that Matt's a big X Men fan, but Rory has always had this secret flame burning for X Men too. Uh, from the comic book side, just so, just the movie X Men Two. He's got a <laughs> passion for classic X movie X Men Two. Nothing else. Oh God! Love that damn scene. Ooh, it's gonna happen. Okay, you know, the X Men did a I, pretty I good a, job a, of. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say yeah. I, I I have done a pretty pretty extensive amount of reading. Extensive. <laughs> Oh, God. Um, Are we gonna do this but, the whole uh, fucking time? This is already <laughs> as, as a trashy cartoon boy. Um, X Men was one that I watched when it was on, but and I and I loved it, but I haven't gone back to it ever or um, reexamined it <laughs> in my oh. <laughs> adult life. God, every time you do the little laugh, I have to mentally put that hyphen in there. Yep, <laughs> examined, and it makes me want to hurt you. So let's. Uh, no, they did a, they did a really good job of pulling because I read a lot of the X Men comics as well, and I think they did a pretty good job of pulling most of the X Men's iconic storylines from the '90s. They got into the Dark Phoenix stuff, they got into Mister Sinister and the Morlocks and all of that. So yeah, yeah they really condensed. Um, I mean, I think it's is it all Claremont's um, storylines? If not, for the if most it's part, not all Claremont. It's mostly Claremont. Um, yeah, but they took, you know, a decade plus of work and managed to get it into a few seasons. Oh, yeah. Like, I think every single moment of the show reminds you that the people who made this, like, have read the comics. Yeah. Every minute it's like, yeah, look, we read the comics. We're ahead of you. We know what's up. <laughs> and not Although all that shows got... have that. 
True, but they they that was kind of a runaway train at points where they yeah. they have oh, yeah. um continuity like that they have to explain right out the gate. Like, yeah, this was a show that arrived fully formed out of Zeus's head. You know, like this is <laughs> like the Athena of Anna. Was it Athena? Is that the one I'm thinking of? Uh, yep, that's when he I pulled from so. his head. Yep. Yeah, and she was just like, "I'm here, bitches." Hey, guess what? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Like, let's talk about it. Yeah. Let's get let's... a little structure underneath our conversation because I do love, yeah. I do love it. But uh, we did. Andy's watch a big three... fan of bones. He wants I... bones in our talk. I like bones. I like skeletons. They hold my flesh up. So. We watched three. Is that, your, is that your pitch for having skeletons? <laughs> hey, Andy, can you tell us about skeletons? <laughs> yeah, they're really great. They're kind of like a scaffold they for your, your, your parts. Uh, it's it's a really good uh, investment for those who don't have them. Uh, Are you a fan of having your parts where you left them? <laughs> skeletons. <laughs> it's like a coin purse for your shit. <laughs> so we watched it's scaffolding that will eventually betray you. Oh that's yeah! So you get that adamantium put in. Oh, there you go. That's a great segue, Rory. Let's talk about X Men. <laughs> We're just <laughs> throwing X Men stuff in everywhere. Uh, we watched season one, episode three, Enter Magneto. We watched season two, episode eleven, Mojo Vision, and we watched season three, episode nineteen, Weapon X, Lies, and Videotape. Which is a very that, fun little joke. It's a great joke, and the the lack of the S at the end. Makes me furious. It I makes know. me so angry. Oh god! Videotape doesn't make any sense. I thought the original <laughs> title was "Sex Lies and Videotape." I don't think. Oh, you could be right. I always, I've always said "Sex Lies and Videotapes," but you could be totally think they right. They had just several videotapes. <laughs> yeah, but you don't say. Nobody ever says videotape. Yeah, I'd like to find the number of sentences that ev- sentences that ever ended in "and videotape." I mean, tape. <laughs> the plural of tape. Well. You can I know how tapes. I know how S works. I am familiar with. <laughs> you also put an S on my notes. I think, but if you're like we have, but it would tapes. be a videotape, right? But like, look, they, they've they've dropped the article for a single videotape. Okay, we can fight about this all night, but <laughs> oh, we can't. Nice. Yeah. This yeah, is no, our new. This is our new fight podcast. Tape find that S. I think what we can say right out the gate, though, about this show is that it hands down has the best cartoon theme song of all time oh god yes up there um, in my like royal pantheon is just like yeah, a it, real it, dong hardener yeah <laughs> no i well, personally not takes I, here but it i'm is trying fast. that one out i'm trying out dong, dong hardener uh a chub rock a rock and chub fully engorged yeah fully. it's just it's a real stiffener uh, what i will what i will say a about the theme song yeah is that I haven't watched an episode of this show until, you know, this week for like 15 years. And at any point in those 15 years, someone could have been like, hey, do you remember what the X-Men theme song was? And I would have been like, and it's just like it's it's in DuckTales level of earworm. Right. Yeah. But I think the the benefit of of. Yeah. Like there'll be other ones that are musically that can rival it. But X-Men, you get the benefit of being able to like the dinosaurs theme inject it for powerful moments yeah right. and that gives it a lot of gravitas i think they just kind of planted it perfectly because when we were all kids and you were hyped up on you know super sugary cereal and that theme song came on you were like bouncing <laughs> off the fucking couch you just do, you know? do a lap around the house real quick <laughs> yeah 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 like the power rangers theme too you know oh, it was yeah. like yep kids aren't 
used to that kind of power metal exposure <laughs> and it's like a dangerous agent <laughs> for the small ones there's like surgeon general's warnings on it yeah like you can only hey, power rock and roll so six hard. and six and up <laughs> uh but i do musically actually appreciate it i mean the arrangement is a little funky and you know kind of dated at this point just like yeah. instrument wise but you know they really just rock it home with one repeating motif, the da-da-da-da-da-da, and then throughout the episode, like you said, like in subtle ways, all of the music kind of has the da-da-da-da-da-da, and sometimes it's fast and sometimes it's slow, and it's like that is how you reinforce a brand. Kids are going to be the other moon is also really day. good about um, rearranging the theme song, aside from the like when they do it for a pop song, you know? Sure. Uh, well, the, do you guys feel like? Ways... Oh, go ahead. I would just say the, the ways that it gets recycled and regurgitated in Sailor Moon, I think, is impressive. They've got like slow ones, fast ones, yeah, sad ones, happy ones. It's cool. There's a there's a part of me that thinks that you know when you go into a like a Toys R Us when you're a kid and you pick up an X Men toy, it's kind of the equivalent of the Jumanji game where you start hearing the the theme song <laughs> just slowly, yes. the like war drums. Yeah, you hear the war drums in the distance. Yeah, yeah. The other so the other thing about the theme. Uh, which is both great and terrible to look at is that every character that they introduce, we got Cyclops, Professor X, Gambit, Jean Grey, <laughs> uh, gets their own title theme. Adventures in typesetting. Yeah, they get their own typeset font. <laughs> and to to see the combination of these like rounded sans serif fonts compared with the like heavy serif fonts right next to each other is just atrocious well then they were just really heavily inked everybody yeah and then you have this shiny yellow cyclops oh god yeah it's that, it's funny that's your first impression is like a rounded like you know jimboree <laughs> like this is our this is my first website sort of like font disaster well, the crazy um, thing is, is that uh, I showed Austin earlier the Japanese intro to the show, which is oh, yeah. super fucking cool because it, it plays a lot like Thundercats or Silverhawks in their intro. But instead, it's just the only thing missing is that rad theme song. And yeah, you mean the different... uh, the Japanese intro to this one, right? Yeah. Gotcha. So I've also watched the uh, the X-Men anime. Oh, nice. And it is a ton of fun. I think I've talked about this a little bit, but maybe not on the on the air, like. The amount of kind of cultural babble fishing that goes on between an anime doing an X-Men comic and then getting the anime dubbed back into English is just delightful. It's so weird, like what you what you get by the end of the 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 recipe. Well, and then they did the spinoff, too, with the uh, the the one off the pride of the X-Men, which basically they based the uh, arcade game off of back in the 90s. I think oh. Pride of the X-Men predates this show. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, it was, it was, like it was before pilot. the show, but man, that, that Aussie accent that Wolverine had was next level. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that might be a good segue into sort of the the original inception of this show in that it was an original pilot, and I think it was 1989 when they did Pride of the X-Men as like a single pilot. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think it aired. Um, no, I, I, think, I think they aired parts of it or aired part of it later. Um, and then they did the first two episodes of this show, the Night of the Sentinels, and it was kind of shitty. I guess where, they rushed wherein it. they uh, they try and convince us that Jubilee is worthy of being a main character. <laughs> <laughs> they try uh, that. Yeah. They try that for, for several seasons to do that. It's funny. Like there is um, 
there's a resistance, I think maybe because, you know, it's just kind of the, the nature of being a writer and being a creative to to not to want to try and make something different than it already exists. Yeah. But, you know, the the kind of the, the word the word from on high came down. Um, Kitty <laughs> Pride's Kitty Pride's the, the lead for for ladies and Wolverine's the lead for dudes for the first like 40 years of the show. If you go with somebody else, their point of view is just not really structured enough or interesting enough yet. Sure. Well, with Jubilee in general, her her superpower, her mutant ability with the fireworks, it's like on screen, it's pretty lame. But if you kind of think about like any time you've been in front of a massive firework display and you're like, man, if somebody could shoot that out of their hands, that would be terrifying. Yeah. 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 Everybody kinds of kind of finds a way to shoot beams. In the show, <laughs> like whether it's makes sense or not. Okay. That's a really this is this is a weird thing that I was thinking about while I watched all three of these episodes. X-Men in the show feels like it takes place a hundred years in the future where everyone has evil bases made out of metal and fancy doors and we all shoot beams out of our guns. What's yeah, what is this aesthetic, this like dark future thing when it's supposed to take place in the same world as like a daredevil, right? Like Yeah. Um I think it kind of harkens yeah. to Jack Kirby's space, honestly. Like Jack Kirby's stuff back in the 60s was just so over the top with like random costume designs and just bullshit everywhere. And I think they just sort of took some of that element there and just like threw it into the the show. There was some Jim Lee in there, too. Oh, yeah. The (laughs) hockey pad armor. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we can't forget Jim Lee's Wildcats. Wildcats! I just just found it really interesting. The, The whole aesthetic is just like odd dark metal it doesn't it doesn't feel warm like the world the x-men live in feels like it's constantly oppressive which of course makes sense because they're being oppressed but like i just i think it's interesting how much x-men traditionally sort of feels like its own world even though it's a part of a bigger world yeah you know all those stories feel like they take place in kind of their own deal yeah even if the punisher does show up inexplicably for some reason sure (laughs) um it's almost like we're all living in just mojo's world yeah. So do should we should we jump into specifically into the first episode we watched? Sure. Yeah, let's yak about Enter that. Enter Magneto. Yeah. Uh he let's see, I've got a I've got a blurb, I'll just spit okay, it out. Great. Yeah. Uh Magneto attempts to break Beast out of prison, but Beast would rather stand trial. Sabretooth demands that Beast be set free and ends up going into a destructive rage, prompting the guards to shoot and injure him. Cyclops aids Sabretooth and brings him to the mansion's infirmary, which does not sit well with Wolverine. Later, Magneto attacks a military missile factory. Yeah, in that kind of just we need a conflict at the end that's physical (laughs) and let's just throw that shit in there. Nuclear weapons are always scary. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I definitely I don't know about you guys, but I had a tank count happening during that episode because (laughs) i wanted to make sure we all knew that the only the true enemy of uh magneto are tanks apparently because i spotted about eight (laughs) yeah there's eight he does like fighting tanks at a prison (laughs) i guess so yeah you you kind of get you get the idea right away um that the dynamic between the the quote-unquote good good guys and bad guys is much different in X-Men than other cartoons or other comics. Yeah. Um, Magneto's helping Beast uh, because he's captured by humans. Yeah, the intro to this episode, I mean, it kind of blew me away. Where this is is episode three. I mean, and and the the first two were a pilot 
So this is basically the first real episode of the show. Yeah, and it's the first we're already kind of like going directly into racism, oppression, uh, sort of hints at genocide and kind of normal, not normalizing, but like genericized Holocaust. Yeah. yeah. Um, that they're, they they're really careful not about. to name countries or name the war, right. but they're still, they're still approaching these like huge issues. They're setting up a three-sided conflict, you know, like this clearly isn't your GI Joe. All right. Well, we're going to fight Cobra today. And these are the, the two halves of the battle. And yeah. that's well, it. It's, it's funny. There's actually, um, kind of a Flanders flanderization that happens with Magneto. Um, the longer we go from like the, the time of the Holocaust, the more and more explicit his motivations have to become. Right. Like in the 60s, you barely had to mention that he was around to kind of get it. And in, you know, and then in um, in the fir- in X-Men first class, we have to act like actually see him in literal Auschwitz. Yeah. <laughs> like, remember, this is this is his. Context. Remember the Holocaust. Yeah. Remember how bad this shit was. <laughs> um, yeah. Grandpa, no, you can't just punch people. <laughs> yeah, no, he he can though. <laughs> Remember this shit? <laughs> yeah. I uh I've always been a big uh fan but also at the same t- like a really love-hate relationship with uh the portrayal of Beast on the <laughs> show. Yeah. Because at the same time that he's really awesome and very, you know, smart and well-spoken and all that stuff, he'll then just like I am very smart you and quote the bard and then <laughs> yeah. say say that it, you know, Anybody who who starts a sentence with to paraphrase the bard, I think deserves oh. a bit of a slap in the face. Uh, yeah. But that is that is sort of part of Beast. But they really they really push that. And a couple of these episodes that we watched had some pretty choice Beast moments. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just kind of wanted to know uh, the security check situation in the courthouse because people were entered with tomatoes. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. who has tomatoes in a courtroom? Like, what the hell is going on here? Oh, these are my court tomatoes. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> but, you know, the, the, there was um, Everybody there was a one. realness to this that, that you're right away when when this guy who was who throws the first tomato. Maybe he doesn't throw the tomato, but this angry old guy throws it. I mean, heckles beast in court felt very real. Felt like that definitely happens. Sure. To yeah. People. Yeah, sure. especially when you think about like you never random goons and <laughs> let alone, you know, security goons who were like mutant racist at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. Um, who were like, oh, he thinks he can read. Yeah. Look at him. And and then to have someone like, hey, my brother was one of those people and he got really hurt. And you're like, shit, man. Yeah. Is this what you mean by protecting humanity? Yeah. And I, I like that. I like that, that. They're not they don't appear, they don't appear to be afraid of of dropping that in to this kids show right at the front. Yeah. And I, if I think kids were watching this, if they even had a either a cursory knowledge of X-Men or they were huge fans or if they had no idea what it was. All of those audiences, I think, would have dug this and they would have they would have seen these strong, like realized characters from the beginning. Uh, they would have yeah. seen like this nuanced fight for. You know, equal rights and for well and know, i think like it's a, a a really strong statement for like the very first thing we see beast do because i don't think he's in the first two episodes i think this is our introduction to beast in the show and i could be wrong but i think it is and 
the very first thing that we see him do is get broken out of prison by a villain and say, no, I'm here because I want to be here. I believe in due process. I want to go to trial. We need to show people that we're going to cooperate. That's yeah, a really which complex. Was a little, it was a little jarring with due because process. we just saw him. When I see somebody in laser prison, I, I didn't <laughs> expect him to like face a normal trial. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it had a little, way more of a Guantanamo feel to it. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, well, and it's it's interesting, too, because Xavier and Magneto have always been two sides to the same coin, right? Like one person is the extremist version and one is the, you know, uh, trust in the system, trust in the system. And, you know, they just think that, hey, you know, humanity is going to come around at some point and Magneto keeps shitting in the pool. So, you know, (laughs) Magneto, I know you shat in the pool. (laughs) I can read your mind. (laughs) Get out. I saw a nut rageous in that pool. <laughs> I didn't shit in the pool. <laughs> well, and that's kind of the tragedy with, uh, or I guess the irony with with Magneto's whole shtick for all of it, right? Is that he is the thing that the humans are scared of and why they, you know what I mean? Like, like he is the embodiment of why the humans are scared of mutants. And he uses that to fuel his hatred of the humans because they don't like him. And it's like this shitty cycle and that totally is a cool concept for a villain and i mean again i'm just gonna i'll I'll say it like three or four more times probably but i just think it's really cool to throw these big old concepts at kids but but then you know at the same time we could be looking at it all wrong and maybe magneto is just a really bitter vengeful ex-boyfriend to xavier (laughs) yeah i mean then we're just in the way of a couple squabble it it had some dumbledore grindelwald feelings on that flashback (laughs) yeah also, fun thing about the flashback, if you notice that Professor X's eyebrows have like flipped the other way when he's younger, <laughs> they like they arch downward and then as an adult they've done a, a total 180 kickflip and now they're they're pointing straight up. And I'm not sure what happened. So but the animation is very sloppy in this and Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I have to talk to you guys about is that scene with Sabretooth in the, in the med bay, because when they yeah. walked in, I don't know if anybody else noticed that he had his like medical equipment suction cup to his nipples. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. He was laying in bed and I was just looking, I'm like, this is not the upper chest. It's just the way that it was animated. There was a moment where his like pecs oh, were huh. jiggling and they were just full on connected to his nipples. And I was like, I'm really not sure what you're monitoring there, but no, they're milk. They're milking him. Yeah, that's what I kind of figured. Yeah, <laughs> we brought you into milk. You that saber milk. <laughs> saber milk. Does or should the it body be? Good. Should it be tooth milk? Oh God. <laughs> that's just uh, the black. other funny thing. I mean, I don't know about funny, or maybe it's cool. Um, is uh, you know how I, I guess this is a few years old at this point. The 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 trend of drawing uh, Hawkeye and all of the like crazy. Uh, stances that women traditionally get uh, yeah. stuck in, oh, yeah. in comics. Uh-huh. There are yeah. a lot of shots of like Sabretooth. Eh, we get a lot of his curves. Ooh, yeah, uh, we get we get a couple tawdry poses of Wolverine. Yeah, the second episode has a has a real hunk, hunk statue of Cyclops. <laughs> like just like Cyclops is in a serious hunk pose. <laughs> Thick thighs well, save lives, right? Yes, they do. Yeah. Well, yeah, we <laughs> boys on display. <laughs> Yeah, the boys are on display. (laughs) (laughs) He is 100% Harry Curves, though. Like, that's his character design. Like, he is, like, everything is arched or humped. 
on yeah. Sabretooth. Well, oh, and then there's moments is. where I'm fairly certain the animators actually just drew roided out arms on legs and legs on arms. <laughs> they were like the arms and the legs were about the same thickness. There are some thighs yeah. that look like biceps. I was just noticing that. Yeah. yeah. Well, and um, <laughs> no, you go yeah, ahead. Oh, I was going to just move, move along. I didn't know. If take, us, had, I take us along. I don't. I, I, I want to talk about Mojo if we want to jump to it. Oh, uh, sure. Well, t- uh, there was something I wanted to talk about in this one, which I, uh, although perhaps it sort of uh, self-resolves. Um, so the one thing that uh, stuck out to me uh, in this is that um, Professor X calls Magneto Magnus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And there have there are a few like big breaks from form in the cartoon, and I wasn't sure if they were making a new Magneto. Oh yeah, no, yeah. yeah. I what's think it, what's he's his had actual a name? Few different names. It's I mean, Eric it's Lencher. Eric That's yeah. right. His, yeah, and I did I did do a little do a little uh, um, sleuthing, and I guess that's a known alias. That's his like, yeah. that's his co- that's his like, you know, his uh, fake name when well, he wants yeah. to. And it it harkens back to the the worst naming conventions of like Golden Age comics, where you're like Magnus the Magnet guy and Edward Magnus Nito was Riddler. just a ordinary <laughs> scientist. <laughs> True, but I don't know if the comics ever. Ex- I don't. I think his name was Eric from the beginning, though. I, I think didn't... that's probably true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It it was. That's what I thought. The only other uh, thing in this one that I that I think is kind of fun to point out is, uh, I'm 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 never fully sure how strong Professor X is, but they're trying to divert these missiles from blowing up shit, and Storm is like gonna go suicide mission herself and take care of them and blow them up, but then. Professor X contacts her and is like, no, I sense what you're doing. Let me just download some info about the missiles into your brain real fast. And she's go- she goes, yeah. oh, I understand. And then deals with them safely. That's a power that could be abused really badly, I think. He's, most, yeah. he's mostly just a big ham radio. Um, <laughs> he's, he was never the, I mean, like right, right out the gate, you know, he was never the, the strongest psychic. They, you know, Jean Grey was on the original team. Uh, can he's anyone just, he's just like a just a dude a wise dude <laughs> can any one of you try and do a uh xavier impression because that guy's voice actor it's just i'm trying to infiltrate your mind it's just like the weirdest thing it's so the, strange the uh, acting on the show is probably it's got to be the weakest link right oh like, yeah the, it's, it's like those two bad. security guards that were in the jail talking to beast and trying to heckle him in the beginning <laughs> what on earth was that they were yeah. like two dads it's, it's they a, just found in the studio and they're like hey you can you can talk <laughs> into a microphone right it's a show with such strong writing that everything else in the show sort of feels like a, a heavy weight that's you know keeping it from from being more yeah you know like fair. like the animation and the voice acting i think are are kind of these like sandbags around its waist it's almost well, like it would be more I impactful mean, if it was on paper yeah. yeah, you know that that's a that's a pretty good uh, segue into our second episode where everyone fails. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> Completed utter failure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's talk about episode two, Mojo Vision. Yeah, yeah. I chose uh, Mojo Vision because it is single handedly one of the most off the wall what the fuck moments in all of X Men history. Um, <laughs> even in the comics, too, Mojo was the weirdest character, and this this episode. I don't even know. <laughs> well, yeah. but it, it, it Mojo... introduces a really cool idea to me. Like, I think that's the thing about these um, 
these all these episodes that's been pretty clear is that um even when the dialogue gets a little hammy uh, or very hammy uh, or the ideas in the story is pretty cool um, yeah there's still some some top tier ideas at work whether the execution sells it or not yeah so one thing i liked about mojo who is an interdimensional tv writer <laughs> or reality show uh Post maker producer um, see i have to write down yeah. i have to tell you my the notes that i had on him because basically it consisted of mojo is like every substitute theater teacher in high school meets fat bastard huh. meets martin short i was gonna say so matt yeah. this is not something you've heard from me that these guys have heard though but uh did you guys get uh baron harkin on baron harkin and fat guy in a magic chair Dune yeah reference. it's it's like Jim Carrey's mask took over Baron Harkonnen. <laughs> <laughs> this like garbage pail kid of a of a walking slug. <laughs> All right, let's be clear. Mojo is a fat, fat, fatty, fat green alien with a superstructure of metal shit that has little tiny spider legs and a scorpion tail. And he also has like wire cable dreadlocks and the yeah. uh, the. Uh, Eyelids What's stretched the, to the back of his forehead. Yeah, it's from, the uh, or Clockwork Orange eye, like eye openers for watching. I all thought of that the was videos. so cool. Yeah, like he's that was he's one this, cool design element. Yeah, you know, was this sort of cyber dystopic, uh, television obsessed obsessed person? And he was conscious of his uh, gastrointestinal issues. <laughs> yeah oh he's yeah just he's... a rude dude with a burp and there's a, a there yeah there's a scene where he's chugging pepto yep yes <laughs> <laughs> like i i kind of like that um so let's so what what happens in this episode it's kind of it, it defies a lot of uh summarization he kidnaps from a different dimension he kidnaps all the x-men uh because his current tv show with long shot who is another marvel property uh is tanking, so he needs a new entertainment thing. And, and so I don't know why, because that scene with Longshot was balls awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what is what did he do? He's like he's in like a car. He fights an underwater Cthulhu. Like blows he, up eight of the brood, or you know something. Listen, he sold me on a uh, full body body pillow. If they ever put one out there, you know, of Longshot. Yeah, yeah mm, you just got to yeah. get an anime body pillow of Longshot at this point. Yeah, he's like <laughs> mullet Bart Simpson. In a leather, like, <laughs> like a Mad Max costume with like one eye that glints on command. It, yeah. Um, um so, so, so the, the, we get the plot of Space Jam. Yeah, basically. yeah. We basically do Space Jam at this point. But what I wanted to to X Men versus on the was, Monsters. <laughs> when they do, when they get kidnapped from the other dimension, the the little thing that gets lip service that I really liked was that. That I haven't seen in in like interdimensional um, sci-fi is the idea that like some of them are better or like a quality statement about them. Like our dimension is like a ghetto dimension. Oh right, yeah. They uh, don't... Which I guess would be real, right? Like if there were many dimensions, like there'd be the ones people would rich people would prefer, and there'd be the ones like you wind up on if you're not so not so wealthy. Yeah. Right. And ours sucks. I thought that was a cool little a cool little idea to put in there. You know, the me, dimensions have have real estate value. <laughs> Did everybody in here see Thor Ragnarok? Oh yeah, 
Yeah. To me, it felt like they went to Sakaar in a weird way. Like that whole stadium to me just felt like it was a weird amalgamation of bullshit one off creatures we've never seen before. And they're all just kind of sitting around placing bets on how they were going to do in their scenarios. Yeah. Yeah. This kind of interdimensional nexus for garbage entertainment. We just have this (laughs) weird mojo who's like a pseudo grandmaster kind of. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um. The other thing I noticed, this is just a tiny thing, but when when Mojo comes on on these televisions, they're, you know, Cyclops and Gene are just like shopping for TVs. Yeah, like you do. Uh, at, Jubilee like, keeps a blowing them city. up. Right. Uh, Does this one then... come with a serger? <laughs> oh, ho, ho. <laughs> yeah. And so and so uh, then Mojo comes on on the televisions and trying to talk directly to them and start shooting zaps out of the TV. And then there's a there's a moment where you just see some random like two random customers just walking by in the background like nothing nothing bad is happening. <laughs> like they clearly know what's going on, but they're just like casually going about their business. Like, this isn't my problem. Look, at least there's not going to be a line when we get this, you know, honey, <laughs> we can't afford that model of TV. Yeah. My favorite uh, moment is in there, too. Uh, it's like right after that, where all the other X-Men show up because apparently they all were out shopping. They all go to the mall together. They all go to the mall together. And Wolverine walks in and for no discernible reason that I could tell, he says, what is this, the 4th of July? I have that written down too. (laughs) What does that mean? What is your 4th of July like, Wolverine? Jubilee wasn't even there. Yeah, I think think he was referring to the eye lasers. But yeah, it's a it's not a great analogy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the last thing that happened was just a lot of televisions. Like, it, d- does everybody just watch like a lot of TV? Uh, for my Fourth of July tradition what? is to watch the same and program on thirty so, TVs. It's so good to see Wolverine. Like, sh- he's he shakes his claws at the TV. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't you know, know what. I think I've his got version it of problem out. solving is Wolverine's is Canadian. Delicious. Wolverine's yeah. Canadian. He has no idea what the 4th of July is. <laughs> and he keeps trying to guess. <laughs> He's guessing and everyone keeps going like, It's no, a legitimate no. question. Like, wait, is this the 4th of July? <laughs> I also really Please. appreciated Beast's uh, incognito trench coat and, and dapper hat. Like, it was like three kids stacked in a trench coat, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, we're not, we can't yeah. tell that he's this giant fur, like, creature. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's out shopping for a television and he's like, yeah, Literally just Sully from Monsters, Inc. walking around with barely any clothes on. I would like a TV as a human being and not a mutant because I'm not a mutant. No, he's clearly not. Didn't you not see the trench coat? Right. <laughs> uh, so we need to we need to briefly touch on Mojo's voice acting. Oh, man. Oh, God. Uh, because it is some of the most inconsistent and poorly directed and off the wall and completely unlistenable shit that I've ever seen in a cartoon. It's unbearable. (laughs) And And this man talks for about 80% of the episode. (laughs) Oh, it's so bad. And, and as bad as it is, I, I stopped for a second and thought, wow, but all those words must've been written down that way on a script. Right? Like his like, Oh, well, uh, uh," and then like, weird noises he'd make i thought there was a moment i think where he says like he's he makes a bunch of like explosion noises with his mouth and then says the word permanently but like in like a new yorker and he says poignantly and that makes no sense in any context yeah uh i just i can't even imagine what that booth situation was like or who this guy was that they got i didn't even look it up because i was so mad 
Yeah. Listen, I'm gonna do it I now. just want to let you know that there was a check that was cashed for that performance. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that guy probably went home and was like, yeah, this will get me through the month. I'm okay. <laughs> hey, honey, how was your day? Well, you know, I voiced a fat crab man that screamed about <laughs> TV stuff. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> that sounds wonderful. He was just so rude, <laughs> which I think was the real problem, was just how rude he was and how upsetting and not cool. Well, I like that other dude that was a part of their crew that was just like when, when all this shit happened, he's like, well, I guess we'll just walk away from here. I don't give a flying fuck. <laughs> yeah, there's like a silly wizard. Yeah, the guy in the <laughs> green robes who was like, no fucks given. Like, oh, finally, it's over. There's a scene early on when he like, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, <laughs> leaps onto leaps onto Mojo's shoulder. Oh, Does anybody remember that? Yeah, it's just it's just a w- weird weird thing to do to your boss, right? To kind of like leap on them <laughs> like a cat. I mean, unless you're a parrot. <laughs> unless your job is shoulder parrot that's a weird thing to do yeah i would say i if mojo didn't talk at all uh this episode might be approaching watchable uh because there were there was some kind of cool stuff in it well okay so here's a good question for you all if Uh you were to choose of the three tv scenarios the x-men got put in which one would you most likely want to watch well i think there were i think there were four well, because uh, there was Cyclops three. and Storm that went into the Miami chase in the boat. Yes, we had Miami mutants. Miami mutants. Yeah, and then Rogue, Rogue, Star. Rogue and Beast were in space. Rogue yeah. Star. When she Rogue fl- Star. flew and into I the sun. And Dream of Jean. Uh, yeah. I Dream of Jean had no real concept. It was just them right. fighting dudes. Yeah. So yeah. not that one. That one was poor. I felt like the Rogue Star ended so, so sad. It was like Rogue goes, <laughs> goes into the sun and Beast gets sucked into dead space. And you're like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Yeah, All right. This is bleak. This is prestige TV. <laughs> I like I like the idea of a show called Cyclops and Storm Miami Mutants. I'm all yeah, about because that. Because it, it kind of it kind of makes me think maybe it's sort of like a CSI Miami thing where they've just got like five different versions of this same show. And that's kind of a fun world to live in. Yeah. I mean, glasses. It's, it's definitely meant to be <laughs> Miami Vice. Yeah. Oh yeah. God! Can yeah. we please do that? Oh my God! Have Cyclops have just one pair of glasses come down? Just go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, like but his beams would kill everybody. <laughs> yeah. His beams would kill That's the it. Who, and then the music stops. Yeah. Um, the I think that the best one is Rogue Star, but just because of how like high concept it was, and kind of reminded me of Silverhawks. Uh, yeah. Which I totally am on board for. The the thing that got me about all three of these television shows that they're like kidnapped and then he starts putting each one into into these sort of illusions or television, yeah. you know, but they they set up these kind of these pun titles or whether they're puns or they're just kind of evocative of existing television shows. They then don't really deliver on any sort of uh, storyline evocation of that show. Or no, story because line. they haven't established any stakes. Like they can die right. in the in the shows and be fine. They're just actors. Right. The the only real problem is that they are in a dimension they would rather not be. Right. <laughs> and it, so if they cut out like a good forty percent of Mojo and devoted more time to fleshing out these individual worlds and had some kind of yeah goal or stakes or or actually played with the tropes of these shows yeah, like, that they're 
do mostly have the episode be most of the time spent in the little shows. Yep. Right. Like a Star Trek. And also, like I was thinking, the other thing is that there's not even stakes back in the real world. Like, yeah. In 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 the in some other situation, they would probably have been kidnapped out of like stopping Magneto from a plot. But they were just shopping at the mall. Like, yeah, they I, got nowhere to be. Why can't they just? They, being well, on a TV show for a day is probably kind of fun. I was. Yeah. I don't know if you guys were dying like I was, but I was cracking up when Scott was on the ground and Gene runs up and he got zapped maybe three times by these little like <laughs> static electricity bolts, and she's like, "He can't take much more." Stop. Oh, God, I you know love. his weakness. I'm to like beams? Scott's in the danger room all day, every day, getting shredded and taking out yeah. like giant sentinels, and it is his like shortcoming is television sets like <laughs> well not to mention i mean mojo only kidnaps gene because she trips on a power cord <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> the most powerful the most powerful mutant oh my god which is kind of fun like eventually like everybody trips right like no matter whether you're gene gray <laughs> or some schlub it- see why, why why wasn't that the fourth show in the mojo verse like everybody trips everybody trips <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's them versus it's tvs painful. This uh, this thought doesn't go anywhere. I just want to say it out loud. Jean Grey's like hero costume, that thing with the weird mask that like covers most of her, the side of her face, but lets her hair come out the top. Her hair looks like a red toothpaste on toothbrush commercial. <laughs> Jean, Jean is pretty it, is pretty uh, irritating in the cartoon. It she is, but seriously, like think of every like crest commercial you've ever seen and the shape that it comes out on the toothbrush and that's her hair just go look yeah. at a picture again it's, yeah, she looks like a toothbrush it's fucking she'll insane help, she'll help me with gingivitis <laughs> Austin, she, i'm gonna need you to be silent for the next two minutes as punishment you got it <laughs> punishment <laughs> rory if i have to punish everyone else and do this solo i will see i'm also concerned uh, about storm's outfit because her fucking shoulder pads like when you're walking into doorways that's got to be a problem she's gonna close oh, the, it on her, her drapes cape arms. The, yeah the uh, yeah. the uh the window shades she keeps underneath her arm <laughs> yeah she could do semaphore with like that with all of that fabric going on I'd yeah, like to think sure. half of their deaths in the comic books was, you know, costume related. Yeah. Yeah. What do the Incredibles teach us? You know, yeah, no, kids. it's that same. It's that same issue. Uh, so one more thing about Mojo Vision. We might have many other things about Mojo Vision. I don't know, but <laughs> I only have uh, one more. So, yeah, they really shit the bed on music on this episode. Uh, yeah. Um, the music. You know, every time Mojo talks, we have this dinky little MIDI keyboard uh just like whimsical it's you know like if you look for stock 90s whimsical music that <laughs> suggests like this is a quirky scene Deedly, look deed, out deed, deed, hold deed, on deed, to your dick this is a quirky but Austin, it went scene. so well with spiral's little fan dance that she would do oh god <laughs> her I, little gyrating fan dance to teleport them places yeah, yeah. So that's that's the weird other so who is that character spiral What's... is mojo's like um sidekick like person that just like slave essentially like i don't know she she just gets sent out to go and fight people and take people into the mojo verse because she's like super super well versed in sword fighting well and she's got like four or six arms or something she's x-men goro essentially yeah uh yeah my my favorite moment in this whole episode was right at the very end because Longshot comes back and helps them out helps them escape and then he's like macking real hard on spiral yeah oh, yeah they walk away 
And he's like, hey, did I tell you I went out once with a woman with two heads? And she goes, oh, was she nice? And he says, yes and no. Yeah. Ah, I that love that. I got a chuckle out of that. It's a good too. joke. I, I had another sight gag that I loved uh, that was just <laughs> before that was when uh, they were rebelling against the TV show. Uh, like Jean figures out while well, she's stuck in I Dream of Jean, uh, which they're just <laughs> fighting the Punisher on a rooftop. Yeah. Um, for some reason. Uh, and she figures out that all television is <laughs> oh, yeah. electro waves that can be manipulated by her power. And I guess she does that. And then they lose the audience attention. He's frustrated. And all of a sudden, everyone in the audience pans over and they're all reading books. <laughs> like everybody has a book with them and they're not paying attention to the screen. And so Mojo's like furious that. Uh, I've been foiled by dead trees or something like that. Oh my god! Like, like, and I just that doesn't it doesn't say good things about his recent content. If everyone showed up and they were like, "I'll watch this," but I need to bring a backup piece of entertainment. I'm gonna bring a Grisham. Now, see, there was kind of a missed <laughs> opportunity there too, because I feel like when you take Wolverine and Gene, if if you know listeners don't know that. There's always been a weird love parallel between Cyclops and Gene and Wolverine and Gene. So much um, tension. Did we get yeah. any? Did we get any growly like Gene? Oh yeah, we did get. He's Gene. falling off a building. Gene. And he goes, Gene. Gene. <laughs> <laughs> and to be clear, that's spelled J E E E E E N. Yes. <laughs> well, the thing time. was, is it like it was? It was like one saxophone away from being a porn parody, right? I yeah. dream of Gene yeah. with the two yeah. of them, like. Just yeah. so close. And I was like, man, if Mojo just wanted to get and his name is Mojo, like he yeah. could have gotten into the adult entertainment industry here just a little that bit. No, a that, yeah. a yeah. full episode of Gene and Wolverine, like having to play house and like Wolverine kind of digging it. But they know they're kidnapped would have been pretty. <laughs> cool. Oh, yeah. No. And I dream of Gene would have been the laugh track. It would have been the 2 a.m. Skinamax that, you know, 13 year olds would watch, you know. <laughs> oh, my God. That that episode sounds 13 to 20 times better than what we got. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, and I and I agree, Austin. I, I felt like the entire episode would have been so much more uh, like punchy if they had added a weird laugh track at really bizarre times. Yeah. Like Rogue flying into the sun and you just get a laugh track. <laughs> or, yeah, like... or just like actually playing into the these these sort of TV tropes. But it felt really rushed because they had to spend so much time with this rude boy drinking Pepto-Bismol. <laughs> it, it's so weird. And then at the end, they also had to put in uh, the jungle picture. Oh, yeah. The jungle picture was confusing. Can, yeah. Can we talk about the jungle scene briefly? Oh, yeah. What that's is going on there. That is the Savage Land. And that is a huge story arc in in the history of X-Men where Sauron, the um, the mind controlling pterodactyl. <laughs> pterodactyl. Yeah. He has yeah. mind control and he can take people over. So when you go into the Savage Land, it's just full of humongous dinos. And there is, I think. Is it is right. it Shira? It, no, it's not. It's no, it's not. It's there's Kazar. Kazar is the guy, and then the other one, I'm forgetting her name. But it's we like see her. It's either like Shauna the She Devil or Shira or something. Yeah, it, so, it, I mean it's it's similar. Yeah, uh, it's. But the that, Savage Land is game. is just the fucking trash fire dumpster pit of despair that the X Men constantly get dropped into, and every time 
they do a story arc in the Savage Land. They're like, motherfucker, we're in the, tra- the Savage Land again. <laughs> and to be clear, the name the name Sauron, they really play on the sore part. I, it's, I know it's the Lord of the Rings confusion, but mm-hmm. it's like dinosaur. And so it's like Sauron. He's a pterodactyl in shorts. Yeah, but no matter yeah. what you do, that's still spelled the same way. It's still spelled it the is. exact same way. <laughs> yeah, you can't, you can't fight that. They've recently let uh, pterodactyls into the Istari order. Yeah. Oh, good, good for them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but how how we get to the Savage Land is the most bizarre cutaway, uh, because they're they're in this dimension and and uh, Mojo's been defeated and he's grumbling because, you know, he's lost everything. And then there's a picture on the wall of the Savage Land and he's like, oh, what's that? That's a jungle scene. <laughs> and it pans into it and suddenly we're just in a different episode. Well, yeah, it does the the X-Men or the Professor X and Magneto thing like we never even saw them got kidnapped. No, um, it, it's it's a weird little little it's tag. A, they probably it's just... a way to give it a to be continued tag. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but because otherwise I don't see why anybody would want to keep watching this show if they just watched that episode. Oh, what? There's a <laughs> there's a pterodactyl wearing gym shorts like let's. I'll come back Let's next tune week. Into that next week. Listen, yeah. as a Fox Kids show, this is all about selling toys. That was seventy percent of the the purpose of the show. Oh yeah, I mean, as stupid as the character design for Mojo is, I kind of would have dug a an action figure. Oh, they're out there too. Ah, <laughs> uh, nice. Yikes. Uh, let's let's uh, let's push on and talk about our final episode. Let's get uh, to it. I've got a big old blurb because there's a lot that happens in this episode. So I guess bear with me. Uh, here we go. It's called Weapon X Lies in Videotape. A cryptic, fo- a cryptic photograph unleashes a flood of maddening and painful memories in Wolverine that threaten to drive him insane. To keep his mind from being torn apart, Wolverine and Beast travel to the one location that may hold the answers to his hidden past, the ruins of the top-secret Weapon X lab where Wolverine's bones were laced with adamantium. There, he encounters other former test subjects, Sabretooth, Maverick, and Silver Fox, who are suffering similar mental breakdowns. Later, they find out that many of their memories were implanted, and their true memories are destroyed with the lab. Yeah. That happened in 22 minutes. It did. Uh, (laughs) It was a lot. It was a lot, but it was kind of cool. It was a really cool episode. Uh, I love I love Wolverine backstory stuff. I mean, everybody does. That's why Wolverine is, I mean, that and his gruff shit. But like, mostly and I think cool it's cool ba- dad persona. His cool dad persona <laughs> and his s- terrifying backstory are why we love Wolverine. And so getting s- both of those, awesome. So so he's in he's in like memory freefall. Like something sets him off. He was sent a picture of yeah, him. he gets Manchurian candidated. Yeah, yeah, a picture of him and Silver Fox with their car that they had, and on the back it has latitude and longitude. Um, and he just goes nuts <laughs> and runs off and attacks his own friends. He attacks Beast and everybody thinking it's Sabretooth. And he, he heads off and they check the photo and Beast looks at the latitude longitude and he's like, hmm, they're in southern Canada. Yeah. Which southern Canada. <laughs> that's not specific at all. That's not specific. Canada is. Those latitude and longitude numbers were integers. They had no minutes and seconds on that. It was just like 58 and 22 or whatever it was. That, yeah. that is never the case. Also, that is incredibly inaccurate. How is he well, going like, to find a place? Yeah, and also Southern Canada is the only part that kind of begs further explanation. 
if you right. say the top or the west or something, we're kind of like, only oh, so yeah, many places you can go. <laughs> but yeah, southern, southern Canada, Canada is where literally every Canadian lives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pick any spot in Canada, and that's basically any habitable place in Canada. And that's southern Canada. Well, and the thing is, too, Wolverine <laughs> has so many split storylines where he's been to Japan. He does the stuff in Canada, and he was a member of Alpha Flight, which is basically the Canadian Avengers. So right. That would have been kind of an interesting tie-in to go into that place, but Weapon X was the primary focus, obviously, of this episode. Yeah. Yeah, so he finds the Weapon X facility, uh, and Beast meets up with him there. Oh, and he has another amazing line where Beast is like, do you know this place? And (laughs) Wolverine goes, I got my bones Bones here. here. (laughs) I know. Yeah, I wrote that down because I, I was my like shook bones from that. Here. Oh shit! <laughs> it's so amazing good. you guys picked up any lines through all of this unnecessary screaming through that whole episode. There was a lot of screaming. <laughs> Just yeah, yeah. It's amazing Wolverine got anything done. Well, and then we have <laughs> then we have Sabretooth in the corner, Mister Steel Yo Girl, like. You yeah. know, licking on the, the cake and just being like, oh, you lost your woman. Licking and I'm like, ooh, cake. that's dated. Yeah. It's, oh, my God. But like of all the ways to to remind us that Sabretooth is evil, having him put his <laughs> finger in the cake. icing on a cake and lick, yeah. the, lick the icing off. It's like, oh, yeah, kids are going to understand that that's a dick move. That's a total dick <laughs> move. <laughs> there was actually uh, there was this is going back to Enter Magneto, but there was a cool little piece of um, character drama when um when wolverine wants to take sabretooth away from uh from the base and then they have to go fight magneto oh yeah because they're they're like you know you can't you can't take him wolverine if you try to move him we're gonna stop you and then they have to go fight magneto and wolverine's like interesting how we how you know you get your way with your villain but nobody trusts me about sabretooth yeah I liked yeah, that a cool. lot. And that that sort of underscores, like, I think what the my favorite thing about this show is, is that other stuff that we've watched and some of it that we're currently watching for sure on, on our show uh, seems to miss the biggest lesson here, which is that characters drive the plot. And that is everywhere in this show. Yeah, like, yeah. everywhere. Like everything about this X-Men show, even when it like does dumb shit, even when we get that Mojo episode, like everything that everyone's doing is driven from a place of like unique character. And, Gene. <laughs> and I really appreciate it because it makes the writing not feel like anyone could have said any line, you know, like Alvin yeah. and the Chipmunks yeah. style. Did, well, did you guys get like, right. did you guys pick up that really, really intense moment where uh Sabretooth was having a flashback to getting beat, oh, beat yeah. as a kid and he's like screaming oh, at his yeah. dad like please don't beat me again with this like wood pole and you're like Jesus Christ like oh yeah, it was in- it was intense yeah I mean but on the on the note about characters like it's it's good that it does so much character work because the action scenes are kind of forgettable pretty hammy and pretty hammy like there's the emphasis really is on character and it's nice because it feels like any conflict. It feels like it, it's built. It's really building. Like there is so much growth and there's so much continuity just based on the amount of character work. that they. Well, yeah. I mean, Maverick was like everybody's favorite toy as a kid too, right? Like what the hell was that guy? He looks right. ridiculous. <laughs> I cannot figure out his deal. He's got one interesting, like uh character choice they made for this show though. Like 
I'm willing to accept one person in the world has hair like Wolverine's hair. <laughs> but the fact that him and Beast have the same haircut, yes. unless Beast like d- unless they did it intentionally, and like like Beast is like I, lo- I love what you did with your hair. Where did oh, you do it? We yeah, just go, go we go to the same, same barber. <laughs> yeah, they go to the same place. <laughs> We're all over here doing that Pokemon. Like who's that Pokemon? And it's like oh, it's Beast. It's like it's Wolverine. Damn it! Oh fuck! Fuck! God <laughs> damn it! Hey Sharon, just give me the usual. Give me the pointy tips. <laughs> The closer we get to snow cones, the better here. Give me that Ahsoka Tano cut. Yeah. Um, yeah. Give me the bad ears. <laughs> <laughs> so they, uh, the the main thing that they realize as they're de- uh, delving into their, you know, the Weapon X facility is that a lot of what they think was true about their childhoods was actually uh, carefully implanted and done, like, moments reenacted on essentially what I am- what amounts to like television sets of their yeah. childhood, uh, yeah. which is kind of terrifying. And, yeah, yeah. and one of the things that I thought was really interesting is that there, it then throws into question Wolverine and silver Fox's relationship because they're not sure what was actually implanted. Like if they actually dated or if that was a memory, but I carved your name in the yeah. door. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's a weird scene where we then see that they, he carved her name into a, Free. It was in the. It was, in that the, was like the big reveal at the end like that he did carve her name. Yeah, but then but it was, it was like it was on a tree. So like it was unclear if um, that meant that the the memory was fake or that meant the memory was real. Like that was a cool way to to yeah. give us doubt in right. a like but more interesting it, doubt because in I his memory he carved it on the wall of the cabin. Right. And then, yeah. and then we see that the carving was real and happened, but it was on a, a tree in a different location, which is very cool. You're right. You're right. I honestly, what I thought was, look, they wanted to show it on the on the cabin itself, but they were lazy and the like. How's how's the way we can show that it's there, but in the same pan out shot, without having <laughs> to like do a do a cutaway. Well, I mean, even so like, back yeah, in it's on a tree, so it's like similar. Even back in Mojo Vision, when he was looking up who the X Men were, they just rehashed the intro on the screens. Yes, I was like, oof. All right, let's cut some corners, folks. <laughs> yeah, they cut some corners here. <laughs> Probably everywhere. Uh, yeah. Um, I would. I, um, I want to point out, uh, Talos, that like nipple rocket shooting, uh, dude. Yeah. Definitely Super Shredder. Oh, you you were so right about that. It's a hundred percent super shredder. I didn't even think about that, but it looks very similar. <laughs> yeah, it's like they get they get too deep into the facility and they get sort of bamboozled into thinking there's more. And just kidding, it's a trap set by their like the scientist who made them. And yeah, big angry robot fight because of course they needed a fight at the end. Right, right, because you know the the demands of a children's cartoon that is mostly <laughs> propelled by interesting character work and then there's that little flash at the end of like hey hey we gotta shoot some missiles motherfuckers <laughs> it's, it's weird too because they make a second one show up yeah that the first one took everybody's combined effort to defeat and then the second one beast just kills it yeah, yeah, with, yeah. with like one laser they really beam. just shouldn't have had the second one show up at all i know and then we have this no. little adorable moment where you know what is it a silver fox calls uh uh be- beast like beast man or whatever and he's like that's mr mccoy blue boy to you. wait blue, blue boy. boy yeah blue boy that's what it was <laughs> blue boy Blue boy. that's, blue boy. that's mr. 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 McCoy, mr mccoy madam <laughs> you know what they should have done was they should have just made the rocket 
or the the robot be like mostly defeated and then he just gets back up again yeah like he's still and he's short circuiting a little bit but he's like still going and then it that would explain a lot more like why not like look it's been defeated but we have another one <laughs> and he's coming well, he's coming again austin i don't know if you noticed this or not but you know Sabretooth needed that head for his ashtray so yeah <laughs> yeah he did grab it for reasons for ashtray reasons uh I, just because i don't want to pass by it without talking about it real fast uh the other really egregious beast line was in this episode where at, right as they're finding out all these horrible truths, he's like up in the control room and he looks down on them and he says, a lie that is half a truth is ever the blackest of lies. And then there's a pause like he's like, do I want to say who that quote was from? Yes, I do. Tennyson. <laughs> Tennyson. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like enough of a pause where he's like, do I want to be a shit right now? Yeah, all right. Tennyson. Yeah, Tennyson. You know, one thing it's I gonna... wanted to ta- mention, too, um, <laughs> for all of the like hammy. um animation shortcutting they do there is a they make there's a a weird little detail that i dug uh where beast drives the truck and it's manual transmission he pushes down the clutch <laughs> oh okay like just because in, in a hundred percent of anything else when we do a shot to the to the gas pedal we just see a foot hit the gas pedal and go right right and this one had him put both feet on two pedals well, yeah, and it was that it means was somebody had to think about it. Yeah, I think somebody some some intern in the room was like, "Wait a minute, but isn't this like a like we established this car is really old, like from a really old memory, so shouldn't it have a manual transmission?" And everybody in the room just groans and they're like, "Yeah, well, <laughs> now that we know that, we can't, we have to." Thanks, Alan. Now we have to draw the scene again. <laughs> <laughs> I was pretty fixated on uh, Sabretooth licking the cake and having one eye just completely go lazy and shoot off to one side. <laughs> Yeah, he like thing, looks at Wolverine and his off. pupil just popped off to one side. And I was like, oh, man, there it is. Well, it's because he loves, that he loves back in. cake so much. <laughs> it makes his I'm eyes go wild wonky. for cake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my my favorite line. Oh, go ahead, Andy. Oh, no. I, you, you, uh, the last thing that I wanted to say was that I find it funny how everyone has a hover car. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I get that these like other people. You know, these are all like sort of badass mercenary types, but like Silver Fox just basically like bleeps a little thing and suddenly there's this big fancy merchandisable hover car there that she hops into. Yeah, that thing is awesome. And it it further makes me question the time period or world when I think, you know, obviously they're not the same, but I think about the MCU and like nobody's driving around in hover cars in the Iron Man movies, yeah. like except aliens. And now they're just like, it seems like they're everywhere in these X-Men cartoons. Listen, it could just be a Canadian thing. Like, this is Canada. This is the new Canada. <laughs> Canada's like Wakanda now. Yeah, they've just got yeah. hover cars. And what secretly. Canada? <laughs> what Canada? <laughs> I think it comes down to just needing to easily explain away why they don't constantly get shot down by the government every time they get in their secret jet and fly around. Right. Yeah, or they needed a way for Silver Fox to leave immediately, have it not be that too, like yeah. an awkward car ride together where they just <laughs> No, say, well, I think that's that's very fair. They can't shoot them out of the sky because Magneto already destroyed all the tanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's all no yeah. tanks left on the planet. So my <laughs> favorite line at the end was uh what Maverick, that's his name. Yeah. Uh Maverick mm-hmm. tells Wolverine, he's like, It was good to see you. And Wolverine says to that, Me too. 
<laughs> yeah, I noticed that. What was that? Good to see you. Me too. What? <laughs> maybe maybe That's he's really awkward. Answer. Like like when when someone's like, you know, when like when I'm gonna go perform or something, and someone goes, "Have a good show," and I go, "You too." Oh fuck, that made no yeah, sense. Yeah, enjoy your meal. Uh huh. You too. Oh. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, I'm or, such you know a what's monster. better when they're like, "Hey, you did a great job at the show," and they're in the audience, like, "You too." Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thrilled that we had a character named Maverick because I was just waiting for somebody to be like, "Hey, you know, are Goose and Iceman gonna meet up with us later?" You know? Yeah. Well, is it, Iceman. Is it, yeah. Is it weird Iceman that I think is... of that uh, that gambling movie with Mel Gibson first? Oh yeah, that is weird though. <laughs> just maverick was such a late 80s early 90s kind of oh yeah yeah and somebody yeah, we, named we, were, we were flying is... high on maverick from top yeah. gun from the topest gun <laughs> if you the went into uh, other episodes in the x-men cartoon also there were some really good ones with nightcrawler too he's he's a oh, I he's a pretty fun I character remember. on that show yeah so that's I, I think that's kind of a good way to we segue out of Weapon X license videotape. And I want to do the Nightcrawler episode, but Austin insisted we do silly episodes. <laughs> <laughs> we only yeah. did one silly episode. I'm just joking. I just meant that those were I, that, of the first three that I came up with was one of them was the Nightcrawler episode. I don't care that we didn't do it. Yeah, yeah. sure you don't. There's, there, there's, uh. there's definitely <laughs> some good stuff. There's I know there's good stuff in this show. There's a ton of good stuff. Long five part arcs about Dark Phoenix that we. Yeah, that one is literally just Gene Wolverine and Cyclops screaming at each other. I mean, that's Jane, a Jane. Jane. <laughs> because there's Did like anybody a four watch, part um, Phoenix, five part Dark Phoenix. Yeah, the whole season. Did anybody watch the little clip I sent from the uh, the Christmas episode? Yes. No, I haven't seen it. Uh, it's OK. But it's it's Gambit and Gene are competing yes. for like Christmas dinner. It's pretty funny. That's the Morlock uh, special. Know they had a Christmas episode, yeah. so we got to keep that on the radar. Oh yeah, yeah. In a incredibly year's time. thick accents that just will destroy you. And what I didn't remember, I don't know if it was just in this one weird clip. Gambit never says me or I. He says Gambit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he only talks about himself in third person. <laughs> which not in the comics choice no but it, it was a very weird on the show he's essentially the zatarans like rice pilaf guy from the 90s <laughs> <laughs> that's well his vocabulary true. is entirely uh gambit and sherry yeah mon cher like, like that's all he can say mon ami just, everything else he just <laughs> mumbles and, and people are like uh, I bet he said something smart, but he's so Cajun. Gambit don't do no dishes. <laughs> no. So Cajun. That's so Cajun. <laughs> God. He's he's Cajun Simone. Oh, no. I, I think we got it when you said the first part. It's like that's so Raven. Hey, Austin. Austin, you're going to need to go back in that penalty box. <laughs> Another two minutes. Okay. Uh, I had a really fun time watching these. I... Uh, it kind of almost made me want to go back and do a full watch. Almost. But it's just like it falls just below sort of like a threshold uh, quality level. Right. Oh, yeah. I think if it was back on the air and it was the 90s, even like pretending I'm an adult and I've been time zapped back. Yeah. I'd probably watch it. Oh, yeah. 
Well, if you want, if there I was a way given... to do like an HD remaster <laughs> of the art. Well, I was just gonna say that given that it would take like a concerted effort, I I would probably would just read the comics that I haven't read yeah. yet. Well, here's the thing. Yeah. They, it makes more sense, I think. You know, the X-Men cartoon in the 90s was a really good time capsule for the Jim Lee run on all of that. But if you wanted to get into some of that, the X-Men Evolution cartoon that came out several years later got into yes. some really cool stuff with the Morlocks and they brought in like Spike and all kinds of other cool characters. You know, obviously there's just so much X-Men stuff out there. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of good stories out there. And I think there, I think with the the new television shows that which I haven't watched any of, but I do feel like they were there maybe a few years too late. I feel like if the current X-Men shows out right now came out around like days of future past, like when the movie came out. Yeah. When there's a little buzz around X-Men. Right. Cause after apocalypse was such a stinker, I think people just, you know, kind of fell off the train for the Fox property owned X-Men. Oh, yeah. I mean, they they put out the, the Gifted, which I've been trying to watch. And, you know, they put in um, Warpath in it, which was kind of cool to see one of the two Native American brothers in that whole thing. Uh, but it's just kind of a little bit too late, I guess. And it just kind of felt too much like heroes. So, yeah, there, it definitely has a heroes vibe to it. Um, I don't know if there's just like if they're trying not to be quote unquote X-Men or if there's a property rights thing going on, because now I just have no idea who owns what at this point. Well, yeah, and they kind of said in the um, beginning of that, that it was right after Days of Future Past because they couldn't find any of the any of the original X teams, So they were kind of in a hideout situation. Gotcha. Um, yeah. I, I have not been able to bring myself to watch The Gifted. I'm too afraid I'm not going to like it. <laughs> It's not great. Yeah. Uh, I do think the the New Mutants movie, like at least the trailer intrigued me that they're trying to make like a horror movie out of X-Men. Yeah, we'll just see where it goes. They delayed it for about a year, so we're not going to really see that for a very long time. So I don't know what they're going to do with it. Uh, yeah, so I have no idea. And I just think I think uh, making genre movies is the right choice. Oh, absolutely. You know, rather than doing a a, a cinematic universe. Yeah, there's that other. Sh- I mean, it makes a lot more sense. There's that other Hulu original with um, Xavier's son. Um, oh, Legion's Legion, great. Yeah. I watched Legion. It's on FX, I think. Yeah. Uh, it's really, really good. Uh, and luckily, Legion has always sort of been this. We call him a mutant the same way Mr. Mr. Fantastic's son is a mutant, but he's not really attached to X-Men in a meaningful way. Well, and it's interesting because I think going back to the X-Men cartoon, they kind of covered most of their huge storylines of, of yesteryear. So you see in all of the media since then, they've still are pulling from storylines from that era that have already been covered within the cartoon. So it's kind of this cool, you know, time capsule of their their biggest and most important storylines. Yeah, and I mean, I guess that's how you get new fans is by by doing the big hits. Um it does sort of it. I guess it just depends who knows who's going to these movies and what they what their expectations are. I don't have any expectations. of the user data on that <laughs> expectations. And on that, I've note, always been kind of curious if the if the <laughs> if the comic movies are more gear are, are have ever meant to be for the fans or if they're kind of to make new fans. I will quit the X-Men series in general when we reach the point where they make the movie starring Mojo. <laughs> a giant CG mojo. They just take a job of the hut, like Skywalker, you, you know, <laughs> prop, and then just put him on a metal crab. 
they bring in Polly Shore to voice Mojo. <laughs> oh god. Munch on some grindage. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, I could do that. I actually would watch the shit out of that. I'm sorry. I <laughs> Polly Shore is Mojo. Yeah. 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 Oh god. <laughs> uh all right, I think we should wrap this bad boy up. Uh, Matt, thank you so much for coming on and Absolutely. yakking about X Men with us. Thanks for having me. Yeah. This was awesome. I, yeah, this I, was a great, great talk. I really just liked the excuse to to watch. As as I, I mean, we made a podcast about it, right? Like, I love having an excuse to watch this stuff. It's so good. Yes. So yeah. Uh, until next time, uh, we're gonna we're going back to normal next week, and. Uh, I think we got our final word from Austin. Yeah. Yeah. So every episode we have like a little sign out phrase that is a very fun phrase that everybody enjoys and everybody, you and know, we do knows it every now single episode. They, they have it on t-shirts and it's, you know, just kind of a big phrase that we all, that we all love to hear me say. Um, and that phrase, that closing phrase is, uh, tape it up. Not today. <laughs> tape it up. Not, not today. today. Tape it up's on the front of the shirt, and not today's on the and back. Not today's on the back. Yeah, <laughs> with like a picture of Austin doing the uh uh uh. Didn't uh, say the magic Austin wagging word. his finger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> not today. Well, all right. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. Peace.